Welcome to Gateway Community Church, Webster, Texas. We're so glad you found us, and we hope this message helps you discover more about God and His unique plan for your life. Well, good morning. How is everybody today? Glad you're here with us. My name is Betsy Burke. Um, we are continuing a series called Dive In. And um, I just want to, I shared this first service. It totally caught me off guard. But um, yet another reason why it's great to be part of a ministry team, because your people have your back. And I got this gorgeous picture of Ryan Gosling that says, hey, girl, you got this. I believe in you. So uh, that's from my team. Caught me off guard, made me laugh in my mic by accident during the last service bumper, but this time I was ready for it. Um, but that's just a great reason, because then they're there for you, and the highs and the lows, they're your people. I hope you have your people. If you don't, join a group. All right, we'll talk about that another Sunday some more. We're in a series called Dive In all month long. We've been looking at ways we can go deeper, because you all know you don't dive into the shallow end, right? We dive into the deep end, and Pastor Randy each week through the month has been teaching us ways we can go deeper in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And he invited me to share today on the topic of worship. So I'm really honored and excited to share some of what I've, I've learned and I'm still learning about worship. I'm going to put this down. This is my emergency mic. We'll just roll it right there. Good. Okay. Um, I love the image when I think about dive in that comes to mind because no matter where we are today, whether you're poolside and you haven't decided to get in the water yet, or maybe you're just in the shallow end where it's, it's safe, but hey, you're in the water, right? Or maybe today you're ready to really be daring and take your dive game up to the next level, up to the high dive for a big leap of faith before enjoying the thrill of deep waters. This is one of my favorite pictures. This is my son, Jeremy, jumping off a cliff at Crater Lake into freezing cold water. Um, I like to live vicariously through him when I look at that picture because I'm not a cold water girl, but who knows if I was in that setting, I might just have to take a big leap of faith. Wherever we find ourselves, every day is an opportunity to draw close to God. Every day. James 4.8 says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. It is, isn't it an amazing thought that when we take the step to move intentionally toward God, we can count on him to respond by moving close to us. We believe that God wants Gateway to be full of spiritually mature people who are equipped to unleash God's unconditional love into our church, in our homes, in our schools, our community, and into our world. And we can see clearly today, more than ever, right now, in our communities and literally everywhere, People need the love that only Jesus can give, desperately. And the people of the church, you and I, we're the ones called to bring it. You are ministers. Congratulations. See how easy that was? You are ministers. That's what the Bible says. And there are spiritual practices that will help you to be equipped. Let me put it this way. Once you become a Christian, you are a carrier of the presence of the living God everywhere you go. And we have an enemy that wants us to forget that with good reason. Listen, you and I, we were meant to be fierce threats to the power of darkness. Warriors, light bearers. And when it comes to knowing God, you were meant to be lean, powerful hunters seeking after his truth and discovering the rich depths of his love. So anybody have any travel plans that they've already, already taken or they're taking this summer? 
If you're like me, when I'm out, I like to see a wild animal. Like, I want some wildlife spotting to happen when I'm on vacation. So speaking of lean, powerful hunters, do you know how you can guarantee that you'll spot a bear when you're in bear country? Go to the garbage dump. Tourists gather around to catch sight of a wild bear with their cameras, but at the dump, even though they're still wild and unpredictable, they're also trained. They're trained to eat whatever's handed to them. What we don't want to do when it comes to growing and becoming more like Jesus is become trained and wait on someone else for a word from the Lord, coming once a week to be spoon-fed, inspired for a moment on a good day, by leftovers once a week. So do I have any Discovery Channel, Planet Earth junkies in the house? Yeah, I love that show. Ah. <sighs> because I love wildlife, right? So this is what it should look like. These are the lean, powerful hunters we should be. There's God's word, just ready for the taking. Yes, out there where we can get it. Here's what it shouldn't look like. Here you go. They shaking it. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Who doesn't love John Candy? These are no longer the wild, glorious creatures they were created to be. I think someone here is ready to be released back into the wild. Let's just imagine that for a moment, though, okay? So each of us, after this series, you know, we're studying God's word during the week. We're praying. We're in his presence every day, not just Sunday. We're seeking him on our own. And then we come together on Sunday after that for church. I don't mean church. I mean church, right? Can you imagine what kind of power and healing and restoration we would experience if a congregation full of God's people who are full of his Holy Spirit joined together to lift him up? Can you imagine what kind of witness that would be for the lost? Whew. Today, we're going to dive into the spiritual practice of worship. We asked some gatewayers to tell us a little bit about their thoughts and their practice. Have a look at what they had to say. Worship used to mean just showing up at church and saying the prayers and uh, going through the motions of the scripted things that we used to have to do. That, for me, started getting old after a while. I think now worship means more of a just to throw myself in front of God a little bit more instead of being maybe being um, less reserved. When uh, most people talk about worship, they automatically think about music, but it's, uh, it's a lot more than that. Cover a little bit about it, uh, just uh, uh, honor to God's great love and obedience and just a, and worship to me is just a response to all that. They always think about music, but opening up your Bible every day is a, is a great way to do it. It's giving thanks. All the beautiful things that God does, the world, his creation, uh, the animals, the, the children, just, just giving praise for that. To me, that's worship. It's boundless because he's boundless. Letting him know that I understand that. Even though at the same time, why I'm worshiping is inconceivable, but it's inconceivably real. Worship is about showing up. Um, a lot of people, they read the Bible and, um, and they're very, they commune with God, they talk to God, which is great and important, 
Um, but when you show up in a community of believers and you put yourself out there in front of God, um, that's really something that enhances your faith and um, your level of, of worship and um, your relationship with Christ. So normally I would say yes, because I feel self-conscious 98% of the day, where it's all just a struggling battle. Uh, I hope I don't look weird today. But that 2% is whenever I'm worshiping. Um, somehow, um, God takes away all my fears, <laughs> all the past failures, all like the regret and all the shame. And uh, he, I can just, I can feel him behind me. Just do it. Just go for it. And if that's on the platform while I'm on the, up there worshiping, or if that's just, I see a friend that just hasn't, uh, hasn't talked to me in a while, and I feel like they, I'm just like, hey, what's up? For me, it's 24/7. Which seems, that's how, that's how awesome. That's such a. They about to use that word. And I like to say he's just super supercalifragilisticexpialidocious because you can talk to him in the Holy Spirit 24-7 while you're talking with someone, you're going through things, and I think that's another thing we need to learn. Even when we're going through tough times, worship. You're hurting, you're in pain, but worship. Someone's hurting your feelings, they're bullying you, worship. I don't know what's going on in your head. And you can be worshiping right there, giving him thanks, saying, thank you, Lord and saying, hey, pray, I pray for this person, help this person. So for me, that's what worship is. I, that, that's what I would share with individuals as far as how to worship. So it can be kind of hard to just put into one word or expression, and it's hard to define as you heard them talking about their experience with worship. There's a lot to it. And there's a reason for that. That's because the word worship in the Bible, it has a few meanings. The most common word for worship is the Greek word proskuneo, used in the New Testament. It means prostrating yourself before God, literally to adore. This is the word used to describe what the wise men did when they saw the Christ child in the Christmas story. These wise men humbled themselves by falling down prostrate before a child in worship. The Hebrew word for worship Shacha simply means to bow. So in the Old Testament, we bow. In the New Testament, lying out flat on your face. So you're kind of getting this humility submission vibe, right? It's not too popular in today's culture. But what do you do in your free time? Oh, I like to cook. You, I practice submitting. Or what if that was in a job description, like spelled out? Must be able to submit daily to authority. So in the Old Testament, this is what God has to say about submitting. We often hear him referring to his people as stiff-necked. So do me a favor. Take both hands, and if you're able, put your fingertips on the muscles on the back of your neck on either side of your spinal column. Now press in a bit. Yeah. You're welcome. Okay. Now, while they're pressed... Feel, feel your neck move. Feel those muscles right there on either side move. Okay, now stop moving. Look straight ahead. And without letting a single muscle move, try to drop your chin and bow your head. 
No muscles moving. Can't move those muscles in the back of your neck. Can't do it. A stiff neck can't bow your head. You can't bow your head with a stiff neck. It doesn't allow for it. Worship and being stiff-necked can't go hand in hand. That's why God called his people stiff-necked. Submitting is letting go of my will and my way so I can embrace God's will and God's way. Must be able to submit daily to God. One example of someone who did choose to bow down and worship Jesus to submit can be found in the Gospel of Mark. So open your Bible to Mark. It's the second book in the New Testament. We're going to chapter 5. Or if you have your smartphone, you can use the YouVersion Bible app to read along, and you can even take notes. You just go to the three lines in the bottom right that say more, click events, and go to Gateway, and you'll find today's message. So Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Here's a summary of what happens next. It turns out he didn't just have an impure spirit. This guy had enough demons in him that when Jesus cast them out, they fill up a herd of about 2,000 pigs. The guy ends up completely back in his right mind and totally restored, and now he has a testimony to share about what God has done for him. There is so much in this story to consider. There's so much I wanted to share with you guys. It was tough, but we had to cut some stuff out. And so, for the purpose of the message on worship, like I can't just tell you everything I discovered while I was being a lean, majestic hunter. You got to do some of that on your own. But for the sake of this message on worship, I just want to quote Zach Neese from his book, How to Worship a King. Regarding this story, he says, it's embarrassing that demons will bow at the feet of Jesus and Christians refuse to. If only we would worship as much as this demon-possessed man, we could change the world. If only we would fall at the feet of Jesus and ask, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? He goes on to issue a challenge for any who are willing to accept. Pay attention here. This is one way you can dive in, okay? He says, spend 40 days starting your day like the demon-possessed man. For 40 days, roll out of bed, get on your face, and before the Lord, just ask him, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I guarantee it'll change your life. It'll change everyone's life you come in contact with. Why? Because Jesus can work through a humble, submitted heart. The demon-possessed man asked the right questions with the right posture. And the answer, here's what Jesus wants for him and gives him. And by the way, here's what Jesus wants for you and gives you. Salvation, freedom, restoration, healing, wholeness, sanity, life abundant. 
The second most used word for worship is the Greek word latreuo. It means to minister to or serve God. Paul uses this word for worship in Acts 24 when he's explaining who it is he worships. Latreu is the word he uses. In essence here, he's not saying, I fall flat in my face in front of God, but rather, I minister to or serve God above all others. He's describing a priest or minister's priestly duty. And remember what I said? You are a minister. And your ministry or service, first and foremost, is to God, not people. There are several other words in the Bible that translate as worship, and we're not going to go through all of them, but I do want to point out that none of them involve ministering to people. The purpose of worship is not to minister to us. Randy said it last week, we have an audience of one. You're not the audience. You're the worshipers or the ministers, right? It's not about you. It's not about me. So say this after me. It's not about me. Right. So every second Sunday, you can go on this thing called the Volunteer with Josh Mauser, and he'll take you around the church and show you different areas you can serve. One of those places that you'll get to see is the green room where the worship team prays and fellowships and prepares before the service. The last thing we see before coming out on stage is this in the hallway. It's a reminder to each of us, we're not here to perform or to entertain or to win hearts, but to minister to God, to outwardly express just what he means to us. That's why we sing and dance and shout and play instruments and clap hands and bow down and weep, lift our hands and jump up and down. It's a passionate display in response to the one who gave the most passionate outward expression of his love in his death on the cross for our sin. Let me illustrate it this way. When I was a kid, you remember, my sister's here, she remembers, I think. Birthday parties involved four things, right? It was usually, um, well, unless you got pinned the tail on the donkey while friends were there, but it was usually singing happy birthday, eating cake and ice cream, opening gifts, and we got to pick what was for dinner that night. That was our fourth thing. Wedding receptions, you could count on cake, punch, mixed nuts, and pastel mints, right? Simple. This is 1979 at my sister's wedding. Oh, there's Kathy. You look great. Right front and center. She's the one visiting today. She's not the one getting married. Um, and feel free to take a moment and admire my brother and brother-in-law's afros. Those are awesome. Also the light blue tuxedos. Ooh, ooh. These days, birthday parties and weddings are a much bigger deal. The pressure is definitely on to throw a good one. After attending a few outstanding parties, it's hard not to compare one experience with the next, right? Did you know you can rent llamas now and dress them up for photo ops at weddings? My 13-year-old has already let us know that she would like llamas at her wedding someday. The expectation has changed and impressing the guests is increasingly becoming a way bigger deal. Where am I going with this? Sometimes I think church is like that too. And be honest, without raising hands though, have you ever thought, you know, the people were nice enough, the message was pretty much straight out of the Bible, but I just didn't get much out of that. Or they didn't even play any songs I like today. Maybe you haven't entertained those thoughts, but let me show you how the mindset of what's in it for me can get really out of hand. Previously on Church Hunters. 
This is your first church. This is Creekside First Baptist. Honestly, right up front, uh, didn't love the name. The Sunday morning experience was just a little too traditional. Hey guys, how we doing? Hey, good, doing how are good, you? Doing good, doing good. So I know you didn't love the traditional vibe of the last place, okay? okay? But I think this church is really gonna do it for you. Yeah. It takes relevance to a whole new level. Behind me, you will see molded clay, jar art, tapestry, canvas, mosaic wow. church. Mm, I love beautiful. it. Right? So you've heard of interdenominational. Mm -hmm. right. And you've heard of non-denominational. Mm -hmm. Well, this church identifies as interdenominational. <laughs> wow, that's, that's perfect for us. But here's the kicker. A lot of celebrities go here. Yeah. What? Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, we love him. Yep. We really do. Ben Higgins from ABC's The Bachelor. Perfect. Several Real Housewives. Ooh, and know. Usher even came here one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, follow me. Come on. Let's do it. So refreshing. Honestly, that last church was just way too traditional. It was yeah. too much. It was like we left there feeling convicted. Like, uh, ugh. Right? Right. We're just, we're looking for more of a Tony Robbins type stuff. Like inspiration, like a TED Talk with a Bible verse. Yes. Oh, yes. Right? It's perfect here. We love it. It really is. We love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, you guys know a lot of contemporary pastors speak out of the Message Translation Bible. Mm -hmm. Right. Or this pastor speaks out of a brand new translation. It's the Tumblr Bible. Shut we love Tumblr, up. though. This is great. Wow. A lot of emojis, a lot of abbreviations. Oh, I couldn't ask for one. And how many seats in here? Oh, it is 6,000 altogether. Babe, 6,000. Wow. I got to be in this worship band. Imagine me up on that jumbotron mid-guitar solo. Do you know how many Instagram likes you get? Oh, oh my gosh. We find it hard to find a church right now because I grew up Catholic. I grew up Baptist, so... So, like, we, we drink. Yeah, but just in private. I mean, obviously, you get it. Basically, in terms of, like, worship, I think we're looking for, like, a Jesus culture type feel. Oh, I right. love them. Hillsong, obviously. Oh, obviously, we do the cross? Hillsong's great. Like a Bethel minus the spontaneous yeah. stuff. Yeah. Just for me, I connect in worship more when the leader is attractive. Personally, I'm a Carrie Job guy. Well, she's married. Um, so is Christian Stanfield. Wow. So one of my personal favorite things about this church is the service times. Okay. There's an 8.30, a 10, a 1 o'clock, a 5.30, and even a 7 o'clock service. Oh, there's nothing around like 2-ish? Yeah, for us, for what we need, 2, 2.15 is best. Yes. Uh, how many songs do they do during worship? Usually five, five and a half, depending on where the spirit leads. Oh, wow, babe, is that, is that a lot? Well, if that's too much for you, they have a program here called the Worship Assist Program. Okay. So if you ever get tired during worship, an intern will come out and just hold your arms up. You just keep worshiping the King of Glory. Just like that. Wow. I love it. You can still look super spiritual. And my arms get so tired from yoga. Same. I actually like this church. I think we can make it work. It was all right. I mean, it was it was good, but like I emailed the pastor and he didn't immediately respond. So uh, we're taking these vessels elsewhere. <laughs> so my, my point is this, okay, guys? We don't go to a birthday party for what we can get out of it. We go to celebrate the birthday girl or boy and to show them our love. And we shouldn't worship for what we could get out of it, but to adore Jesus and show him how much we value him. There was a Sunday that I went home and thought, oh, I just didn't get much out of that today. Pretty quickly, the thought struck me, so I think it must have been the Holy Spirit. Imagine how God feels. Did you bring your gift, your worship, your offering? Was it cheap or did it cost you something? We say we love and follow Jesus, but what does our worship say? 
I never want God to leave a worship service and say, I didn't get much out of that, especially if I'm in attendance, whether in, on the platform or not. I want him to know without a doubt he was loved and valued with my first and best. The old English word for worship comes from worthship. It means to give something worth or attribute value. We worship to outwardly express how much God means to us. This is why we worship. This is what ministers to God. There are stories in the Bible of men and women coming before God with an offering that was the absolute best they had to bring in an effort to show him how much they valued him. In the story of Cain and Abel, Abel brought the best from his flock. Abraham and Isaac, it's a complicated story, but Abraham, in obedience to God, was even willing to sacrifice his only beloved son Isaac on an altar for God. God stopped him before it got to that point. But isn't it interesting that only God himself went through with sacrificing his own son, Jesus, because of how much he loves and values us? Again, quoting Zach Neese, if the cross proves how much we're worth to God, our worship proves how much God is worth to us. Need more? There's the widow with her last mite. There's the woman with the alabaster jar that's got a year's wages worth of oil in it, and she just pours it out on Jesus' feet. There's King David who wanted to build an altar to God and sacrifice on it. So obviously as the king, somebody offers it to him freely. His response, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing, and he insisted on paying the full price. In heaven, there are elders around the throne, and they've got crowns. They've got heavenly crowns, and they just throw them at the feet of Jesus in worship, and on and on. Many times, others judge these people as extravagant or over the top, but they couldn't deny that these people place the highest value on the God they profess to follow and love. Worship done right is an offering, a sacrifice, obedience, and a testament to the value we place on God. It costs us something, and it gives people who witness our devotion a reason to follow Jesus, or not. Our actions speak louder than our words. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. So in your notes, if you have a pencil or a pen, I want you to underline all the times you see the word all. Note that it says all and not some. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Next, underline all the times you see the word and. And note, it says and and not or. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. God doesn't want our leftovers, or worse yet, our nothing. How tragic that we would watch someone else worship and decide whether or not that was worthy of our applause. He wants it all, our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that means if it's heart, it's emotional. It's total adoration. And if it's our soul, it's authentic. It comes from our very soul, and it's mental. It's a deliberate choice to worship him, regardless of our circumstances, and it's physical. It's an outward expression. So maybe you've noticed that I haven't really talked much about music, and the message is on worship. Well, music isn't worship. But... 
Music is a powerful vehicle that helps us engage completely, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And there's evidence that God is a big fan of music and that he responds to true worship because at the birth of Christ in Luke 2, there's angels singing. And again, around the throne, as John describes his vision in the book of Revelation, there's music, plus throwing crowns. It's gonna be awesome. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, God instructs his people to send musicians out in front of an army during a battle, and God himself defeats the enemies while the people worship and just sing and play and dance and shout and clap their hands. It's like God saying, you guys worship, I got this. You guys worship, God's got this. And then in 2 Chronicles, there's this incredible scene where the presence of God falls so heavy in the temple while his people are singing and playing instruments that the priests, they can't even stand up. Listen to this and try to imagine, try to picture what it must have been like at this church service. 2 Chronicles 2, 2 Chronicles 5, sorry, 12 through 14 says, all the Levites who were musicians, Asaph, Haman, Jeduthun, and their sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals and harps and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeters and the musicians joined in unison and gave praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and other instruments. The singers raised their voice in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, His love endures forever, forever. And the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. He created us to be musical and to be moved by music. He created us in his image and music generates a response in us. So he gives a specific instruction on ways we can express our worship outwardly or love him with all our strength. The Bible instructs us to sing, shout, bow down, dance, play instruments, and clap. Notice all of these are outward. They are all ways in which humans express their passion. And we were all created with the capacity to do this. All of us. No, not a good singer? Good, good if you are self-aware. Okay, that just means you shouldn't lead the people in singing. Just like if you're not a skilled hairdresser, I don't want you near me with a pair of scissors. And if you don't have a pilot's license, please don't practice on me. Skill is important for the leaders, yes. But participation, that's for the ministers. That's for everyone. That's for all God's creation. Not an outwardly expressive person? Let me ask you. Have you ever done anything like this? Let's go Astros. Let's go Astros. All right, good. Yeah, you got it. So come on. You can tell me that you uh, can not sing in church, but you can jump up and down at the stadium or in your living room while watching the game. I'm not trying to shame you. We were created to express our passion outwardly. It's okay. But the question is, what 
or who are we most passionate about? We're going to have an opportunity to join together and practice some of what we've covered today. Just to review, stand with me and, and do this. Worship is bowing. Do that with your hands, bowing. Worship is submission. Put those hands up there. Worship is ministering to or serving God. Worship is showing him his worth. Let's take a moment and dive in, okay? Let's do this together. Let's draw close to God. Let's check our posture and our attitude and ask, what do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Let's commit ourselves to serving God and not our own preferences when it comes to worship. And let's take every opportunity to show him how much he's worth to us, to say, my offering will be the best I have to give. I won't hold back, God. Some of you have never heard this song, but for many of us, there are all sorts of memories, both happy and sad, attached to this song. But for now, let's remember, it's not about me. Let's just minister to God. Let's show him how much we value him. Let's engage completely, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Or in all of 
Today, if you'd like to get from poolside and get into the water for the first time, I want to invite you to come at the end of the service and let our prayer team know that you'd like to begin following Jesus today. You can be baptized tonight, and we'll all be there to celebrate. Plus, you're invited to enter into discipleship right after this service, and let's dig in and find out exactly what does God mean when he says to be a disciple. What is Christ asking us to do? I'll be in the lobby after the service. Come by and say, hi, I want to meet you. Let's pray. 
Oh God, you are worthy and we adore you with everything, with heart, soul, mind, and strength. We will give you our first and our best and nothing less because you aren't one of the things in our life. You are God. You are above all others. And Jesus, there is no name to be glorified but yours. Holy Spirit, thank you for your power and your presence that you go with us from this place. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. To learn more about us, visit www.gateway-community.org. Welcome to your journey.